Welcome to The Wrap, a Warren Averett podcast for business leaders designed to help you access vital business information and trends when you need it so you can listen, learn, and then get on with your day. Time is tight. That's why our advisors have wrapped up today's most timely topics into a podcast with actionable advice. Now, let's get down to business. Good morning, Kim. How are you today? Good morning. Good. Good to see you. Glad you're here in Birmingham with us. Beautiful sunny day, a little humid outside. And no traffic because it's the summer. And it's not Atlanta. And it's not Atlanta, that's true. Yeah, it's a nice Uh, little commute. Well, for today's podcast, we have with us one of our partners here at Warren Averett, David Salters, head of our client service team of HR Solutions, runs our staffing and recruiting division. David, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So today we're going to be uh, having some conversations around uh, the war for talent that David is always talking about and kind of... What do companies need to be thinking about as, as we move along with uh, the economy as it's been good and it will shift and it will change? Um, but, but really, we want to just have a, have a good conversation about that war for talent. Any, any opening thoughts to, to kind of get us started on the, on the war for talent? What do companies need to be thinking about as they're um, changing how they hire folks? Well, one thing I think um, companies need to know is, first of all, you're not alone. Um, so you're not the only person facing this issue. It's a, it's a, a national issue in the U.S. It's a global issue, but with uh, the economy has improved and it's been strong for a couple of years now, and uh, it's put a, a lot of pressure on everybody, uh, not only the employees but the employers, HR departments, individual business owners. So you're not alone, and uh, you do need to be thinking about it. If you don't have a strategy for talent, for not only acquiring talent but retaining talent, uh, you probably should start thinking about that. How, do the, how, do, how does a company go about setting up that strategy? They think about this year, next year, five years from now, ten years from now. Where, how, how far out does that strategy need to stretch? Well, it depends on where that company is. If if you're at ground zero and you've thought nothing of it, you probably need to do some type of analysis of where are you today. And you can start with the old, you know, do we have everyone on the bus that we need on the bus? Mm-hmm. And is everyone in the right seat, right? Um, If you look over your organization, especially your key team members, and ask yourself, do we have those people in those right seats? You probably already can think of a person or two, (laughs) you know, that you wish you you had, or maybe wish you didn't have on your team. Um, And then also one thing to think about that is um, if you have a a key employee, uh, maybe that's disruptive in your group, Hmm. right? Uh, they have a lot of talent, but they don't align with your cultures and values. Um, you, you put a lot of your other good employees at risk with that as well. Mm-hmm. So start with evaluating what you have today. Um, look at your wish list and then start there with, okay, how do we attack the wish list? What do I need to run this organization? And then to your point, well, what will this organization look like in a few years, mm-hmm. whether it's three years or five years? How is technology going to affect what you do and how you provide for your clients? And project your staff right up against what the future do you think it will look like and start building your strategy around that. So what I hear from clients and business owners all the time is just how difficult it is right now to find good people mm-hmm. because unemployment is virtually you know zero. It's close mm-hmm. it's close to that. So how do you find those good people and then the next step, right, is to retain those good people that you already have or that you've worked so hard to recruit in. What's your advice when companies are just starting to get, you know, maybe they just started working with you or they've never 
really been proactive of kind of going after a true strategy to bring in new talent. How do you start with that? Well, proactive is the right word. Um, you know, most everyone at this stage that calls us, for example, and says, David, we need help finding X position, uh, whether it be a staff level position or even a senior level position. Almost every search that we conduct today is what we call it, it's a true headhunt, meaning there are really no passive candidates, mm -hmm. meaning someone who is literally unemployed, reading job boards, sure. looking for help, right? <laughs> looking for help finding a job. And so the strategy for us is we have to identify what you're looking for and go out to the marketplace, find someone sitting in a seat, conducting that same role or similar role, and then convince them to make the change, leave that seat, come to your seat, right, as a, as a key to the trajectory of their career. Mm. Sure. So that's extremely labor intensive. Um, and in today's world, we talk a lot about millennials and different communication styles. We have a lot of technology. But at the end of the day, it, this is a personal communication game. Uh, it is on the phone. It, you know, we, we can use text or instant messages or LinkedIn messages to maybe connect with someone in the very beginning. But to have a conversation and to share what your company does for someone's career, that just takes a lot of time. The, the, the amount of hours right. is, are untold. So you almost need an advocate to conduct that for you. Even if, let's say, you had a natural gift as a business leader for conveying the message of your company and what it can do for someone's career, how much time would you have to do that, right? right? Mm -hmm. So it's really uh, proactive. So I would, I would warn um, business owners, you can spend money on Indeed.com, on LinkedIn, on CareerBuilder, but the audience may not be there because they have a job. That's right. right? And they don't know that they're looking for a job. That's, but that's but exactly when people right. hear that, they automatically think low unemployment, somebody's got a job, that means I've just got to pay more. Right. And so what's kind of the, what else is it to the story? It's not always just offering somebody more money. Right. There's more to it that makes someone choose to leave the job that they're in and decide to come work with you. So what else is there besides just offering them more money? Yeah. So um, the money is a baseline. Right. So in this environment, I mean, the numbers are out there. Unemployment across the board is three point six, according to the Bureau of Labor Stats. Um, in more technical positions, it's, it's less than that. And so the, the salary, the compensation is a baseline. So Basically, your ticket to be in the game to acquire talent mm -hmm. is the salary has to be at market at least, okay? Um, and then the next step is really the data shows that the most um, compelling uh, requirements for a new job seeker is will what I do have an impact on something or someone? Am I making a difference in the world? Am I making a difference to my company? Am mm -hmm. I making a difference to my teammates? And can you share that story with them, mm -hmm. right? Um, that's very important. Obviously, um, their career trajectory as well. Um, can they gain experience that's relevant that, that can help them grow? Um, and you need to come to terms with someone can use your job for a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. it is, you know, there's an old saying, what if we train our people and they leave? And then you know, the other side of the coin is, what if we don't and they stay? Mm -hmm. That's right. 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 So... Um, and, and you hope that, let's say, if you find a really talented person, they come to your organization for a few years, but they leave it better than they found it. That's a win for you. That's right. Right? That's a win for you. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. 
This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. But they just talked about market price, right? So if I haven't if I haven't been proactive and I haven't changed the way I've been doing things for the last three or five years, and now I'm going to go out there and try and find certain folks, well, my, my, my market is different than their market. And maybe I'm too low and maybe I've got to ratchet it up. So I've got to be prepared for that, right? That's, that's absolutely right. And think about your own conflict of interest, right? So if you're a business mm-hmm. owner, I mean, you want the numbers to show lower than they are so you don't have to pay as much as you need to, right? right? You really need someone to advise you. So even if you have an internal HR person, right, that's going to uh, work on behalf of, of having a great talent strategy for you, um, but go uh, seek the data, right? Seek the data. Let the data tell you mm-hmm. the story of what's going on in, in the world. Because, for example, Kim, you're in Atlanta and, you know, the, the salaries are just higher, Right, there's the cost of living is higher, and it has to, has to be considered. And I also um, want to share this: we have a lot of business owners that have, you know, they they've really built some wonderful businesses. They put their entire life into into these things, and they're fantastic. Um, and but too often, though, we will hear that business owner say, "Well, you know, we really need someone to come in and show us and prove to us they deserve to be a part of this organization mm-hmm. that we've mm-hmm. built. Mm-hmm. Right? It's almost like the sweat equity in a classic car that you restored, right? You'll never get that money back out of that, <laughs> right? It just means too much to you. Right. So uh, I would just encourage you to disengage mm-hmm. from your personal feelings, That's right? A good point. And, and seek the data. Um, and there's a, a plenty of ways to, to get data. Um, and it's, it's really available. You can pay for more data. The more details that you need, you can pay for more data, but it's out there. And Kim, I could imagine that that at some point the who I'm hiring is different, right? So as we've talked about in other podcasts, every every company is becoming a tech company. Every company is becoming a data company. I would think that that there is some sort of I've got to hire a different person. I've never been used to hiring before. That's right. Maybe it's a new position, even right. You've never even had that type of position. You never needed that. Are there any of those types of positions, David, that that are out there that? companies have to start looking at that they may not have looked at in the past? The data analyst is number one, right? So um, <clears throat> business analyst, you name it. So we, we have a lot of clients, and if you just do a, a search on you know available jobs in a city, you probably won't get too far down the list. So you'll see a business analyst or a data analyst. People are uh, trying more and more to use the data to give them insight to run their business. And that's a new position, mm-hmm. right? So... Um, <clears throat> You know, many times a client will call us and ask us, what do we know? Well, the best way to get information about an industry um, or a position is to talk to the candidates. They do that for a living, that's right? right. Um, and people like to talk about what they do. And so that's, uh, you know, again, if you if you do engage with a, a headhunter or someone to help you find, to, to fill a role, ask that person, how much experience do you have hiring this mm-hmm. position? Mm-hmm. Because that'll, that'll give you some insights into what information have they picked up on what does it mean to be a good business analyst, right? So lean on that information. And David, there's been a lot of, I mean, we're we're a CPA firm. Mm-hmm. We, we have a lot of accountants mm-hmm. on our team. And if you do any sort of Google search around the top positions that are going to be replaced by AI, by technology, accountants, the technical world of accounting is at the top of every one of those lists. And so... You know, Paul, we've done a lot of research mm. in our firm mm-hmm. around how do we prepare for what's Absolutely. coming and making sure that our team is trained on being advisors. Right. Because AI can't 
be an advisor, right? They can do the technical compliance work, but they can't advise. And I would assume that there are some things related to what you do that may be on the list of AI as well, but just as we've reflected and, you know, figured out, well, where do we need to move towards, what does that look like for the world of staffing and recruiting? Yeah, so AI is already here. It's uh, <clears throat> at all of our conferences. You know, it's a topic of conversation. And we, we already use technology in our group uh, to help us, especially on the front end. So we call it sourcing. We're sourcing for candidates. So the ability to, to go out and data mine from different databases, um, <clears throat> it really helps us. So it's, it's in the beginning. I mentioned earlier, you know, this is still a phone game, right? Mm. So technology, it's almost like you mentioned, is um, it can't help you be an advisor. Mm-hmm. So for us, it really can't help you be a recruiter. It can help you be a sourcer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you sure. um, to find the candidates. But once you have identified a candidate, again, a, a robot can't tell the story of what it means to work for your company, right? So that becomes the human element really comes into play there. As a matter of fact, I think um, just in my, in my experience and some of the, the really leading industry veterans feel AI really is going to help our industry. Um, and but some of the doomsday prep, you know, um, you know, rhetoric of is going to replace recruiters. Actually, it will only strengthen, much like I think mm. it will advisors mm. in mm. the accounting world. Uh, Makes it you more efficient. And well, it adds value because, again, who's going to have the conversation, right? right. Who's going to be right uh, your um, advocate mm. out in this war for talent? So, so the AI can. I mean, anybody can put any words on a resume and AI will pick it up and say, here, I've got four data analysts. Well, if I just put data analysts yet, I've never done it. Nobody asks me my experience. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to get into a lot of maybe bad hiring decisions, right? Because if if I'm letting all of AI handle it for me and I'm not actually talking to the people. So when you're out there talking to those staffing recruiting companies, I would assume the question is how much of AI do you use and how much of the human aspect do you use? That's right. And, and I would just um, <clears throat> think about this scenario. Even if it's a larger company and it has a formal HR department internally, which includes a recruiting department, uh, almost all of our clients that have formal internal departments are extremely stressed. So the I actually have compassion for these individuals that are sitting in the recruiting seat. They're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Their workload is too high. There's too many open positions, mm-hmm. and they end up just becoming a funnel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, that's a position I think would, would, that technology could could really help relieve really some stress on, because that in today's world, I don't think that person has the ability, not not due to their talent, but to their time constraints, right. um, to provide the service. That they're that the company needs them to provide right. It literally becomes a paper pushing job. But they're gonna okay. We have an internal job posting on our website. We're gonna post it out on some job boards, and I'm gonna be a funnel of information. I'm I'm just a pre screener, right? So we have the the initial pre screening done by the technology mm-hmm. of whatever vendor you're using to post jobs, and then that will reduce the universe of applicants if there are any. Because you know, let's say if it's a Data analysts, you may not have any applicants right, because mm-hmm. those folks aren't looking for jobs. But let's say it's a more general job like a receptionist. And I'm going to funnel that down and just use my intuition as an employee and knowing what I know. And I'll get that to the hiring manager say, here's my top five. Okay. We'll multiply that by all the people that they support. You know, there, there's no way they can do any recruiting. Right? And oh, by the way, they're handling personnel issues that are internal, That's they're right. handling changing benefits and re-enrollments and, you know, 
it's funny because the one of the top jobs that it says AI won't replace is HR manager. That's right. Hmm. Right. So there, hmm. you you think about what AI can't replace, mm-hmm. which is human interaction, the relational it's part, thinking. and it's HR thinking. managers are right. definitely filled with those responsibilities. And they're also going for days at a time to job fairs. Mm. So their inbox piles up, mm-hmm. right? So what they have to do, they end up calling us or another right. recruiting firm to do what they do. Again, so there's the value in terms of, okay, where, where does where, what can the robot not do? What can right. technology not do? Um, but I think it can help create some efficiencies in the entry level and in the mid-level process, but mm-hmm. again, back to advising and and being advocates and making decisions. And it's going to be really important, I guess. We've, we've been talking about this low unemployment rate and a good economy, but what are the care? I mean, at some point, it's going to take a downturn, right? And so at some point, there's going to be an influx of just available people. Mm-hmm. And that's where AI will definitely come into to play a little bit more because you're going to have a lot more people to funnel down. What are some of the characteristics, I guess, as the economy does start to take a a negative turn from a talent perspective. What what is what is that concern that I need to be thinking about in five or ten years if that should ever happen? Yeah. So a couple things on, on that note. So I've been in the business about twenty years and I've seen some ebbs and flows <laughs> in the economy um, and in employment markets through to those couple of decades. One thing that stays true is um, these technical jobs. So STEM, science, technology, mm-hmm. engineering, and math typically st- stay stay strong regardless of the economy. It's a finite number, right? Supply and demand is what it is. And those positions typically remain strong. It's really your general type position. So anything that doesn't require a specific skill set, I'll just throw out a very general um, position like a customer service rep, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, let's say if, if a company's business is down, they have fewer customers, there's a lower sure. you know, demand for that. And it, it's tough on those type of employees, right? So. Owning the specific skill set really uh, is almost, may, it may not be recession proof, mm-hmm. right? But it's a rece- it's re- it's re- recession deterrent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then as an employer, as that changes, okay, well, now we have more supply than we had before. And then it becomes, okay, well, why is this person available, right? Mm-hmm. So if there was a natural or, or economic attrition, so mm-hmm. people, so there's more people available, well, who got cut and why? Right. right. Again, that's another thing that, a, that AI really can't replace is a, a person having a conversation now that the economy shifted and we have more options. Well, who do we select? We have, we have more options. Who do we select? Um, and again, it's back to having human interaction to say, this is who you should, this is who will fit your organization and why. So here at The Wrap, <laughs> we always ask our guests to wrap it up in 60 seconds or less this topic that we've been discussing today? Um, be aware, right? It's it's very easy, easy um, you know, the old saying, not to work in your business, you know, to work on your business, right? And almost everyone has talent pain at this stage in the game. So if it's not a part of your complete corporate strategy uh, to have the right people on the bus, add it to your strategy. Um, it's something you can't avoid. It's not going away. And even when the economy shifts at some point, well, how do you keep up with having the right people on the bus and having them in the right seat? And I would encourage it to be, you know, really one of the, whatever, how many core components you have in your business strategy. If talent's not one of those, I, I suggest you add it to the strategy. Well, thank you so much, David, for joining us and hope you have a great rest of your day. Pleasure talking with you. Always wow. good to see you. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And that's a wrap. 
If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on your streaming platform. To check out more episodes, subscribe to our podcast series, or make a suggestion for other topics to cover, visit us at warrenaverett.com forward slash the rab.